0: We've had nothing but time to sort out our fantasy baseball teams, and I think we did that. We've discussed the MLB draft before it happened, and now that it's recently completed, we'll cover the outcomes for various teams and players. Trust us, it's not going to be a banner class, but it is time for dingers.
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Garrett Mitchell that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. I'm Tyler Childs, and I'm entering the second part of our two-part MLB draft review focused on Dynasty athletes. In part one, we went through pick by pick as each team went through the first round. We talked about all of the Dynasty relevant athletes in this next part, we're going to cover the remaining 20 teams and we're going to cover any of the players that were drafted later uh, in each team's draft. So I'm going to toss it over to the second part here. Enjoy. Uh, One of the guys that I actually love, like, I don't know that he's going to cut it as a starter. This guy actually is a guy that I tagged in my mind as a bit of a Stroman candidate. Um, And this is the guy that went to the Chicago White Sox and Garrett Crochet. So the best MLB example that I see everyone's comparing him to sale. I don't agree with that one. I actually think Amir Garrett's the guy here. Um, I I like like that. I think it's a better comparison. Um, And and I think that's the profile, right? I think this was maybe one of the sneakier picks in the double digits. Um, I think very much underappreciated. The stuff is there. I, I think, again, we're talking about the guys that I like. We're talking about, The high floor guys. This is one of those guys for me. I think he's going to be a pro. And they said it on on the telecast that they thought he could pitch in the bullpen now. And I I kind of agree with that. And I think you know they talked about um, and then they had trouble coming up with the name too. And I'm doing it right now. uh, Finnegan uh, that went up with the Royals when they made their run. Yeah. And and the thing that I'm concerned with there is like if they rush him to the pros, look what happened to Brandon Finnegan. Disappeared. He was dominant in that first year out of the pen and then he has been nowhere
0: to be found really over the last two seasons. So um, that's kind of the concern there. This is off topic or on topic, off topic. And I apologize, but this is what happens and why our episodes get to be too long. So Andrew Miller was a high, high pick when he was picked in whatever year it was and did not pan out as a starter ended up as a dominant reliever as a high first round pick, high meaning top 15, his career, if, if just think about it in a nutshell, Ty, is he successful? Was he a successful pick? hundred percent. Yeah. So Garrett Crochet, if that's what happens to him, he's a successful pick. People need to realize that the talent is what you go for with these guys. And if they end up like an Amir Garrett in the pen where they struggle as a starter and get moved over because it's a way in which they can get time, that's okay. But, but when I see people talk about, oh, this guy is, you know, more likely to end up in the pen. So I don't like him what what do you think you are getting in a first round pick in a top right. pick you have to be realistic here studs do not come out of every draft class you don't see an automatic 10 top 100 mlb players out of every first round it, the talent is so spread out because of the way mlb has talent come to the league that it's all over the map, and I think Garrett Crochet, like you said, Ty, could really be a good pick. Kel- Jared Kelly, who was their second-round pick, is another fast-moving guy that could be up. And then they had three more picks of their last one, Bailey Horn. I'm interested to, to see what happens with him. Uh, Addison Coffey, um, name is not spelled correctly. Not that we didn't spell it right, that his parents didn't. Um, and Cade Meckel M-E-C-H-A-L. M-E-C-H-A-L um the Chicago thing overall seems like a decent draft class again we need to see where everybody goes and everybody reports
1: yeah absolutely and and, I mean you mentioned the Andrew Miller like if you're compared to Andrew Miller just don't get traded for Miguel Cabrera like that stuck with him for a long time and so that's that's the thing you got to avoid but yeah I agree um jumping ahead let's get into the Cincy system we've got another high schooler a lot of high schoolers in in this part of the draft uh, I think a lot of guys either dumping their pick or trying to take a high upside guy, knowing they know nothing about the college bats at this point. Right. So I think that's the balance you're starting to see at this point in the draft, but um, Austin Hendricks, a guy, you know, out of Pennsylvania. So kind of a non-baseball state, um, you know, not to say there's not guys like Mike Trout obviously came out of the Northeast, but these are guys that you don't traditionally see as high schoolers in the first round. So when you do see one, it's either, okay, we have some cause for concern or he's a bust and a waste. Right. So there's just, there's, that's, what's going through my head. Watching the videos um, of him online, the, the quality of pitching he faced was less than impressive. So, you know, there's some velo, but like you've got hooks that are just spinning and absolute dumpster fires coming at him. So what are you measuring him against? And that's, that is my big concern is, is did he face the right comp- or competition to go here to, to the Reds? But, um, you know, they're, they're kind of stacked right now. So maybe just a lottery pick was what they're after.
0: Right there with you, Ty. I, I think he's got a swing issue. I think he needs to see the competition to see what Cincinnati really has. This could be the type of guy who people are interested in. He might end up as a top 250 type prospect because he's not getting to play. And after a full season of pro ball, he might just be wiped right off the charts, uh, off the ranking charts. Um, Cincinnati's full in the outfield. They're overflowing. They have been for two seasons now. And then they went and acquired more outfielders in the offseason. So this is the right um, developmental track guy. They needed. They needed somebody who's four plus years away. It's just a matter of if this is the right guy or not. And like you said, lotto pick. That's a that's a great way to say it. um Christian Roa, starting pitcher. They got in the second round. That might be more of a guy who's more realistic from this class. Jackson uh, Miller, a catcher, eh, third round pick. And then you know, uh, Mac Wainwright, uh, Bryce Bonin, and Joe Boyle round out the draft class for Cincinnati. Not overwhelmed. Cincinnati's pretty solid right now at the mlb level so they do have time to develop players so this may have been more of a see what we can get in the organization draft um high high upside with high school is always what they're going for but that's also why because they're so much further away why high school players have a much worse track record of developing the college they're i just assume a
1: guy with the name mac wainwright is going straight to the pros like that just for me that's a baseball name uh let's go So jumping ahead, uh, this is one of the picks that probably was the most scrutinized by the fan base and by fans in general, Patrick Bailey going to the Giants out of NC State. So um, this is a college catcher. Um, You know how we feel about catchers here at Dingers. Uh, it's, It's a risky pick. And so you've got Joey Bart and you've got Posey and you know Posey's on the backside. So you're not worried about him. Are you worried about Joey Bart defensively? That that's what I'm hearing here, right? I'm, I'm hearing that we want Bart to play first base, we want him to focus on hitting the ball. We need to find ourselves a new catcher. That's what I'm reading here. That's the between the lines. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. Um, that's that's the crystal ball I'm going to throw at you.
0: Yeah, and it, like as soon as the pick happened, my immediate reaction was, why? You know, you there there's a player who went whatever, half a dozen picks later that we will discuss that was the right fit in San Francisco and you whiffed and you went with a catcher, but obviously you went with a catcher because you've seen Joey Bart play at the pro level. And like you said, Ty, you either want him to be a first baseman and you do not want him to suffer a potential Posey decline, which has not been horrific but it's been a decline. Maybe you want to see a 15 year career out of somebody and you're like, well, we saw what happened with Posey. So we're going to be a little more cautious with Bart and Patrick Bailey could be a talent right away. And maybe they can line them up so that it come 2023, you know, they're each getting 81 games or maybe they've got a really cool idea. Maybe um, Farhan Zaidi has a really cool idea and he's going to pair pitchers with catchers and let them roll like that. So maybe there'll be a three and a two and, the DH could become a factor if it's in with the NL. There are ways in which the Patrick Bailey pick really helps Joey Bart. But as far as helping San Francisco, I think there was somebody better that they could have taken to help in the same time frame. and time will tell. Now the rest of their draft class, Casey Smith, Nick Swiney, Jimmy Glowinke, uh Kyle Harrison, RJ Dabovich and Ryan Murphy let's just see what happens right like San Francisco's system is wide open so yeah yeah the dab the dab with Dabovich um we'll see what exactly happens within their system and I'm gonna say we need to see at least a partial and a full seat so we need to wait until the end of 2021 to see what this class actually looks like but it's been getting good grades in different spots I've been looking I'm just not sold on it overall but that has more to do I think with San Francisco's um inability to develop than it does who they've picked today
1: well and let's remember who's at the helm there right like we're talking about far anxiety who is maybe one of the most underappreciated executives in all of baseball right he was behind the scenes guy. behind the scenes in oakland yep. uh, behind the scenes with the dodgers and now the front front man in san francisco so you know when when we say these things like you know, we're taking a grain of salt. We don't love the catcher pick, but we just don't love catchers. And we're talking fantasy baseball, not actually. Yeah,
0: baseball. yeah, 100%. Like, no. when I say he's not helping San Francisco, I'm speaking in fantasy terms here. Correct. I'm not, he he is a good player for the San Francisco Giants baseball team to have. He is not a good pick for the fantasy players within Correct. the San Francisco Giants organization to have. Like, the only guy he could help, which is why I mentioned it, is Joey Bart, because it could get him off of the potential um, fatigue of catcher and potential stress of catcher more by maybe having a 60-40 split.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you that in my experience with Joey Barton and MLB The Show, he cannot hit when he's catching.
0: So, uh, <laughs> moving but, on. but Kopech's still great, right? <laughs> That's Kopech's right.
1: Kopech's fil- <laughs> filthy. Absolutely filthy. Anyway, so moving to Texas, um, they they went to the Mississippi State pipeline, who for me, I've been watching this over a couple of years here. Mississippi State has turned out first-rounders for years, right? Talking about, I believe Logan Warmouth, Mar- Mar- uh, Warmouth, 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 yeah, yeah, it was a Mississippi State guy. John Harris before him, both went to Toronto, both bus. Um, right. I- I'm just feeling that vibe again here. I hope he proves me wrong, um, but Texas, you know, does need some help deeper in the system, right? They've got a couple of guys that are on the cusp or, or nearing the cusp. You've, you're talking about Hans Kraus, best name in all of minor league baseball for the pitchers um you had bubba thompson who's kind of disappeared so trying to replenish some of these Olin, further
0: win uh pa- pablo Juan pablo martinez there there are guys that texas had after the 2017 offseason tie that were making their system look really good and we have not seen that development continue so that doesn't mean they don't come up to the mlb level and play but impact we're talking yes. about fantasy impact here correct
1: and so that's just again i'm paying attention right like Mississippi State is consistently giving me the same kind of product like a guy that projects as a first rounder not as an MO and those are different things. So um that's I I'm I'm not trying to sell this kid short. I'm just telling you I've seen a pattern leaving it that simple. But beyond that Texas really went to the well here uh with with a whole bunch of guys. Like I want to hear you say the third guy here um because that name is <laughs> phenomenal.
0: All right, so second round pick Evan Carter. I'm wait and see Uh third round peck <coughs> third round pick Tacoa Roby Hoo-ah! Uh, just because I said the name, right? Whatever. We got to see what these guys can do. <laughs> Same with Dylan McLean and uh, Thomas Segacy. I don't like the Texas draft. Texas is a weird club. They've had more success with international than with drafting. Um, we will see what comes of this class, but I, this of the classes i would say are not good or sorry the teams that have not good in, within this class texas is right there and like you said even the first round pick could be a bust
1: yeah i mean Taco is a guy that like fairly clean mechanics high school kid though it'll be interesting exactly. to see if they can close the deal like uh, the arm angle is good like the pitches are all coming out you know in a, in a very clean delivery like there's lots to like here uh it's just the signability here so uh we'll we'll see what comes of that but yeah i mean texas is one of those teams? They're the treadmill team right now, right? Like, are they going to be good, or are they going to take a step forward, uh, or they're just going to continually find themselves on the edge of being okay? Um, like that MLB
0: rotation tide looks so solid right now. Like, I would take any one of those starting five that they have in the rotation, but I, the development to keep it going is not there.
1: I I think they're going the San Diego route. I think they brought in these guys just to trade them. So. I, mm-hmm. I think that's where they're gonna go and I think they're gonna rebuild their system out of this this rotation. So uh we'll see what happens here. But let's go on to Philly. Um this is a guy that you know everyone had very mixed feelings about going to Philly oh, yeah. here at fifteen. That's McGable, right? We got another high school arm, uh or Jesuit in Oregon. Um definitely the pitcher body, right? Six five, one ninety, got a little room to add some bulk um and, and really kick up some of that velo uh as he reaches that next level, right? So uh what are your thoughts here on the philly draft i mean this is a team we both think is going to take a step forward this year at the major league level what do you think they did in this draft
0: reports are that they did a pretty good job i like two of the four guys but mick abel is not one of them he's a high school sp no thanks casey martin shortstop they got in i think the second round i like him he's an interesting guy uh carson ragsdale yeah you know i don't know much about him to be honest so i don't want to don't want to tank him, but percentage wise for sure. Never gonna play above double A. And uh Baron Radcliffe, um, he's a big bat. This is a guy that could move up in ranks, could be a uh good player for Philly, but they only had four picks, so they weren't able to make big bang and noise in this one. So um yeah, not too much to say here on Philly. Yeah, Mick Abel's
1: interesting for me. Like I think there's some posture questions. Um that that might creep in a little bit here, but I, I think this is a guy that would be smart to to pick up uh, the college angle. I don't know where he's committed, um, but definitely I think you might see Philly miss on this one. Uh, they they might be able to shine all the bright stars that they have in front of them and get him to sign, but if he's got good vice in a cor- his corner, I think he'll probably go college. But. Uh, beyond that let 's move to Chicago. This is a fun pick, right. This is a guy that yeah. is a hometown kid for the cubbies. Um, this was their guy. everyone I think had Ed Howard going to the cubbies right. This was one yep. of those ones that just was the feel good pick. Um, the more I watch this kid like ugh, I, I like this kid i I think he might be the steal of the draft um, here at this pick right like whether he 's the best talent or not it 's a different animal, but I think value wise where they got him. Um, could be a huge steal here. Uh, I think there's still a long road to development. I think you're going to see him sign. I think they know they're going to sign him, um, yeah. and I think they they know they're going to take him away from his college career. So I, I like this pick. Uh, it took me a, a while going through the video here to like him, if I'm honest, uh, but I eventually came around. I think there's upside here.
0: I'm with you there. The first round pick, high school ways away. You know, you, you've got all the fears that you see with a lot of typical dudes. But Ed Howard, I think, is a little bit different. He seems like a more safe selection, I'm going to say here. But I, I really like what they did with the second-round pick. They got um, Burry Carraway, who seems more like a, an elite arm. You don't draft a closer, but this might be the equivalent of drafting somebody who you think could be the back end of your bullpen, helping you get wins or hold on to victories. Um, third round, Jordan Noogo, I think that's right. This is a huge man. Um, I, I like it. I, I think this is a really interesting pick here. And then Luke little uh, another RP type that the Cubbies drafted. So they might be trying to do the quick jump to replenish at the MLB level. So this would be more of the 2023 type uh, guys entering versus 2024 and beyond. And then uh, their last pick was what's it? Quon um, Moraine Marino. More, I'm just punting all the names, but that's okay. Um, either way, I think the draft class is fine. I'm giving them an average grade. They're not blowing me away. Nobody did, and that's fine. I just I don't think they ruined themselves. I like the fact that teams draft relief profile guys instead of trying to take somebody who was a shortstop last year and then started six times or closed six times and then turn them into a starter, which I guess would – I'm accidentally saying Stroman types, but I think Stroman's the exception. You see a whole bunch of other guys who try to play positions they can't or get drafted into positions they can't excel at, and then they burn out. Chicago might have the right idea here if they funnel these guys into relief roles early.
1: Well, and the one thing I'll say with New Hugo, um, you know, this is kind of a, a fun story coming over from Africa, uh, moved into Canada, I believe, and then uh, went to the University of Michigan. I, this is a very – looks very, like a very – Unathletic swing, so I think if he's going to be a pro ball player, you're not going to see him for a couple of years. Like I think Chicago is going to break him down and start him over again, um, and and I think that's what they're going to hope for. They probably see the hand eye, the swing's very uh, questionable, so could be a diamond in the rough that you might see in the Mike Toshman type uh, revival or Mike Ford type later. Um, that kind of guy is where I'd be looking for him. But uh, moving into our next pick here this is where it gets really interesting and we love crapping on the Boston Red Sox so let's get into that <laughs> um Nick York here out of Archbishop Mitty High School in California this is a two bagger six six feet 200 pounds has the has the baseball frame uh to play the keystone off everyone's board this was a yeah. what do you do and pick uh for everyone i don't know anybody that's like yeah we got our guy like
0: yeah it was fun watching on mlb tv too ty i don't know if you were watching at that moment but it was basically one of those and it's nick york and you basically see everybody like where is he (laughs) like everyone's scrolling through trying to find where is because yeah this was i think a strategic pick this is what i was hoping several teams were going to do which was take somebody who should be well under slot that you do want, not somebody you don't want to sign, but somebody you want to sign, but well under slot has a commitment and you can offer them a couple million dollars that they did not think they were going to get. And that allows you to do your work later in the draft by signing guys well over slot value later on. Now, does this work out? We don't know, but they didn't have a second round pick um, because they're cheaters. Blaze Jordan, was the third round. Everybody's really high on Blaze Jordan right now. We've we've seen the accidental hype in Boston before, but because there's no baseball, it happened with him at the draft level. So I would exercise extreme caution for everybody. I certainly hope nobody has Blaze Jordan as a top 30 guy. Um, and then they got a college pitcher in Jeremy Wu Yelland. I like the idea of this guy because Boston sure needs pitching. And then Shane Doran um, was their final pick. But to me, Ty, if they sign Nick York, then they're doing what they wanted to do, which was spread that money around. Um, again, it's only four picks. So it's not like you're trying to sign 15 guys. Well, uh, and, and,
1: and I think the success here for the Red Sox comes down to whether they bring in Blaze Jordan. And yeah. there's definitely signability concerns here, right? So, which is why he was where he was. Correct. And so I would be shocked if Boston's able to pull this off. Um, but they certainly have, the opportunity to do it. They're Boston. They could pull it off. I'm going to hate them if they do. Well, they have a horrible record
0: of drafting, right? So this could be the change or this could just be more of the same with the new guy at the helm.
1: Yeah, I agree. So it'll be interesting. I I think their, their draft hinges on blaze Jordan and no one else, if I'm honest with you, Mm -hmm. right. The other guys could be great. They could be all major leaguers, but I think success of this draft, the way they did it is blaze Jordan. Yes or no. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they come out. But moving on, um, this is a guy that you like to talk about here, Bryce Jarvis with the Diamondbacks. Um, interesting pick, uh, Duke guy. Uh, what do you got here?
0: Well, last year, Arizona did what I love. They they went young with two of their three arms that they had, I think, in the first 32 picks or 35, whatever it was. They picked two high school arms. Um, uh, what was it? Malone was one of the picks. Uh, Blakely or whatever it was. I apologize for not having the names off the top of my head. Um, I have allergies. My eyes are killing me right now. I'm doing all I can to not just scratch out my corneas because I'm so itchy, but I am trying my best. So what they did this year was Arizona made the switch. They went with the uh, lower floor, sorry, higher floor guys. So they've got a Bryce Jarvis. This should be somebody that comes up, plays baseball in Arizona, could unfortunately not make a big impact. Um, but they also went with like Slade Sessioni as another starting pitcher, Liam Norris as the lefty, AJ Bukovich, Brandon Poffed, and it's P-F-A-A-D-T. And where I am from, we have a lot of poffs, which are P F A something, something. So I'm going with Puff on that one. So Brandon, I, Poft- I hope
1: it's a silent P and it's just fat.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brandon <laughs> Fad. To- um, but anyway, the, this isn't a great class, but they've been given really good grades across the board. It's just a lot of risk pitching, but they did it last year and they did trade away. Um, at least one of the guys, I think it was two of their pitchers. They traded away in order to bring in Starley Marte. So Arizona is just, you know, getting arms. That's what, that's what they want in the system. Their first three picks were all really decent arms. And, um, I liked it. So,
1: well, and, and you have to give some kudos to the front office in Arizona, right? I mean, they have, they've done their job and, you know, Mike, Mike Hazen is, has quietly been maybe one of the best GMs in baseball the last couple seasons here. Right. Like very, he has quietly. had some
0: work to do. Correct. Absolutely had some yeah. Work. He
1: had to take over from Stewart and, and La Russa who just oh. literally let the play, like lit the place on fire, but you have tradable assets. You have a competitive team. Like there's a lot to like with where Arizona's at both today and tomorrow. Uh, you got to love what Tori Lavolo's done in the last two seasons um, with a team that nobody thought was going to be very good. They've been competitive, so I, I like restocking the farm. I think that they did some good things. They did it on the pitching side, and frankly, they, you might see them condense that into some position players over the next two seasons. But you saw what they did with Granky, right? They turned a barren, you know, hitting barn into a couple guys that might stick for them. So um, definitely a strategy to, to think about there. But you got to like that move. Um, and then we jump into the Mets, right. Who, you know, everyone's watching, uh, the new GM made a lot of big moves, uh, in the off season and last season, Brody Vander or whatever, um, former, former player Asian. agent. Yep. yep. So literally signed all of his former, uh, <laughs> athlete guys. And and now they're all in the Mets. So good, bad, who knows yet. We'll see. I, I like what they've done. We talked about it either last week or the week before how their bullpen sneaky. Um, yep. but they went, they went high school here. They went, Pete Crow Armstrong, 6'1", 180. Like, I'm concerned with 6'1", 180. Like, I don't i do not know that that translates as much for an outfield position. So I, I'm concerned just with the profile today. Could change. He could be Mike Drought tomorrow. Who knows? Um, but this is a guy that they obviously wanted to target. Uh, kid looked damn excited to be heading to the Mets. So uh, I think they might have some luck bringing him in there and then we'll just see if the Mets can, can do their job and bring them up. But the rest of the draft uh, for the Mets, what do you got, Robbie?
0: So JT Ginn is a former first-round pick of the Yankees, and then a few years later now as a college player goes to the Mets. I like that pick, a lot of talent. Isaiah Green, um, similar situation with the talent level. So I like three guys they brought in. Then An- Anthon Williams, Matt Dyer, and Eric Orzee are all more in the crapshoot scenario for me um not not gonna get them too high on my draft board but the reports overall are pretty promising for the mets i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that two years ago they took jared kelnick and uh, what six and they were able to make him really like up his value and then he got traded to the mariners and had a um very hyped 2019 season and the last three years, the Mets have taken high school outfielders, I believe, and at least two of the last three. And it, it seems like it's a good scenario. You know, you can, you can always sign crafty vet outfield types, but they're not helping you in dynasty. If I'm going to take a chance in my mid round, somebody who might be available in the second half of a draft because of what you just said, Ty, high school outfielder, pitchers are going to go a lot higher in your fantasy dress. Um, if, if, PD Crow Armstrong is hanging out. I'm going to take a flyer on him because yeah. I think the, the Mets know what they're doing, but I also might jump the gun on JT Ginn early in the second round too.
1: Yeah. Like I, I just got video up with JT Ginn right now. Like I I
0: just seen some
1: things with, with the release point that I'm cautious of injury wise. Um, just a little bit of extra on the wrist that I'm, I'm concerned with, but uh, you know, lots of tail, lots of movement looks like maybe some control issues. So uh, I would imagine maybe that's why he fell into the second round versus the first round he went uh, previously. Uh, but who knows? Like that's the, you got to like that flyer in the second round. Like this is a guy looks like the stuff could be there at the pro level, whether he can control that's a different animal. So uh, getting ahead here that Milwaukee who quietly has just done a phenomenal job of turning their team around with council um, and, and the team that they've brought in there. So they, they got a guy here that you're very high on. Uh, do you want to dive into your boy here?
0: Yeah, Garrett Mitchell, uh, I had him as the third best hitter in the draft and he fell to 20. Uh, I was really hoping he would not have ended up in Colorado and he did not. The reason being everything you're seeing about Zach Veen, imagine that with Garrett Mitchell because he needs to further develop his hit tool um, to really become a fantasy impact player. But this is somebody who I will be watching like a hawk and I really hope we get to see him play some games this year so that I can see what he's doing with the wood bat because he can play outfield. He can play center field and Milwaukee is a great system for him to go to because there is no one in his way all the way up to the MLB level. He'll be able to, by 2023, have a starting role carved out for himself. Um, Then they went with like Freddie Zamoroa, Xavier Warren, Joey Weimer, and Hayden Cantrell. The rest of the draft was not over the moon for me, but Garrett Mitchell was the steal of the first round for me. I think that's the best value because I thought he should have been a top six pick. I kind of thought Seattle was going to take him just because that's where I felt he should go as far as um, putting a, a college hitter with a team that could use him soon. But he goes to Milwaukee, and it's a similar situation. So obviously Milwaukee's got some talent in the outfield, but it's two, three-year talent at the MLB level, which will also allow Garrett Mitchell to improve his hitting while stabilizing himself as an MLB-level fielder. And if you can play the position, uh, you get the opportunity. And this is a guy who I, I know can play the outfield positions very well.
1: Absolutely. No, and I agree. And my only concern here is he's a defense first guy, which for fantasy reasons is where I'm scared. Um, Albert
0: Almora kind of, you know, like yep. I Starling would be a huge failure if he was that type in the first round. But
1: yeah, I agree. Those are good profiles to think about. So moving to third, I, I've talked about this many, many times. I put a lot of faith in the Cardinals organization uh, to develop players. They took a guy here. Uh, that I actually forgot about. I talked about Ed Howard being possibly the steal of the draft here. And and I, Jordan Walker here might be potentially the steal of the draft. Like if you spend some time in diving into the video here, uh, I completely forgot about him when I talked about Ed Howard earlier. Uh, this is my guy. Uh, I, I love, love, love the profile here. He's going to come along slowly, which as a high school talent, you you have to add some value to, right? So, college guys can sometimes take a back seat in, in St. Louis, uh, the high school kids, unless they're Tyler O'Neill, um, usually take a little bit longer to develop. So, um, whether there's a role for him to play or not, that's a different animal. Um, so this is a pick I, I really, really like. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the better ones that we, we look at in the future years. Um, and, and I think he's very signable at this pick. So, uh, we'll be interested to see, but overall St. Louis, Definitely needs to replenish some things. They've got a lot of guys at the high end, right? We've talked about that many times. They've got some big swing and miss bats, um, but with huge, huge upside uh, if they can connect the pieces. So beyond that, they went Mason Wynn, Tink Hence, which is a, a very oh, bold strategy, name wise. Um, yeah. Alex Burleson, Levi Prater, Ian Bettle, and LV Jones, the fourth.
0: Yeah, like, what's the legal name for Tink Hence? Is it, is it Tinkerson? I, <laughs> it can't I, be Tink, right? Like, Because in draft history, players are given their first full name. Yeah, Like, Ricky Romero was drafted. It's Ricardo Romero, wherever you look, unless somebody's done the, like, fantasy, you know, rounding the edges thing. Tink hence. Oh. I mean, yeah.
1: the, it's hard to come up with a full
0: name, so maybe that is the full name. So he's either like a an innings eater reliever or a utility guy. You know what I mean? Or he or he works part-time with the ground screw. Those are the three things he can do in baseball. This
1: could be a <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton scenario here, right? Like, you know, we we might go from uh Tink Hence to I don't even know. Other, there's gotta be a joke with Hence in there, but I wasn't clever enough to come up with one in that brief moment. Um, you know, this is like I said, I, I trust in the Cardinal system more than I trust in any other system in baseball to develop. That doesn't mean they're going to get the talent. I don't necessarily give them the green light on who they're drafting. I like Jordan Walker. Um, I have questions about names in this organization at this point, but beyond that, pay attention here. They do a really good job developing. So if there's a guy that has tools, right, and maybe has some question marks, maybe make a note. Leave those guys for later. So uh jumping ahead because we're getting long in the tooth here mm-hmm. uh we talked about um interesting picks Cade Cavella here going to the defending champions uh they loved this pick here at 22 Why?
0: yeah like i don't know i i'm not exactly sure like washington's draft was well received again several teams so basically if i'm saying well received i've looked at at least three sources and they've been given above average grades um i'm i'm not seeing stud when i'm looking at cavelli here i'm seeing baseball player when i look at cole henry i'm not seeing uber elite guy but what i what i know from this is that washington needs to put these guys in aggressive assignments we need to see 400 pro at bats Uh, we need to see 120 ish innings pitched and we need to see what happens with a lot of these guys because washington is generally speaking like their successful picks have been ones when they have been terrible, you know, uh, Strasburg and um, Bryce Harper. And then they've also had like high uh, impact guys that they've signed internationally in Soto. And I don't remember if Victor Robles was a drafted player or an international. I'm I think he was thinking, international. Yeah. I'm thinking international, but I, I, either way, this is something that I want to see. Like, you know, Cavelli to me, I was really hoping that Garrett Mitchell was going to fall to Washington. I thought that would have been an amazing fit, but he went to Milwaukee, which I'm totally fine with, as I mentioned before. So Cavelli was more or less me reacting, thinking, okay, you know, there's a plug and play, I guess, for Cavelli. We'll see how the development goes.
1: I mean, huge frame, uh, good off-speed pitch. So there's some upside there. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he develops. But honestly, I, I put a lot of faith in Mike Rizzo as well, one of the better GMs. In baseball. I wouldn't say he's great at developing the depth. I would say he's pretty good at analyzing high end talent. Right. He goes and gets it, whether it's in the draft or it's via free agency, he knows how to build this team. So I don't, I'm not going to pay too much attention to his Juco guy as the last pick here, but I I am watching his first two rounds. That's, that's where.
0: Last year, with Juco uh, Jackson Rutledge was the first-round pick, and the year before, he went with a um, high-ish-end starting pitcher whose name, Mason Denberg, uh, had Tommy John. So, you know, he's big on the pitchers. We'll we'll yep. see how
1: it goes. Absolutely. So getting ahead here, we're in Cleveland, Carson Tucker, shortstop out of Mount Point High School in Arizona. Uh, this this was, you know, well-discussed on the telecast as well. Uh, they They made very clear that, Francisco Lindor leaving may or may not have impacted this pick here. Uh, so I, I think they're very much forgetting about my boy, Yu Chang Chang, uh, who <laughs> hasn't got to mention a couple episodes. So I'll throw that in. Uh, <laughs> he, Cause he's ready
0: when, when Lindor is, is gone or if Lindor goes. Chang Chang.
1: That's right, man. So I, I think this is a interesting pick, you know, a little bit on the smaller side versus, um, some of the other guys we've talked about. 6'2, 180, right? So again, could build into the frame, but we're talking shortstop. So um the the questions I have, just a very lean frame. Can he become the the caliber of of player that makes it to the pro level, right? That's that's the question mark here. Um there could be some signing concerns. Um being a shortstop with limited size, he might want to go play college just to bulk up. Uh, so we'll see. And especially with all of the turmoil around minor league baseball right now, who knows what they're going to do with these kids. So um, I'm, I'm not in awe of anything I've seen from, from this kid.
0: Yeah. I would like to know how many uh, high school guys that have commitments are wanting to find out if there's an agreement to play baseball this year to see exactly what the minor league system will look like that they could be going to. We talked about it a while ago, how it should be a concern for high schoolers, but at the same time, It's also a concern for high schoolers that might be going to colleges that could have guys who stick around for an extra year and clog up the college system. So they really need to have some level of clarity. And I think they have until August 3rd to sign this year. not exactly sure. I know they extended the period slightly. But it's, yeah, Carson Tucker's an interesting pick. Um, Yeah, Tanner Burns, a pitcher. Logan Allen, 2.0, but he's a lefty. Uh, Another pitcher here, obviously. Petty Halpin, uh, Millen Tolentino, another shortstop. And then Mason Hickman, it's an interesting class for Cleveland, not blown away, have not done a lot of research on their final three picks. So from what I've seen, yeah, Yeah. you got talent, you know? Well, and they have a
1: history of developing pitching in that system, and that was under the Shapiro and Atkins era, right? So we're outside of that. We're starting to see the new homegrown guys outside of uh, that organization. So we'll, we'll see if Carson Tucker signs. I would bet based on size and frame and the fact that kids can make money in college now, uh, he's going to be heading college route. That'd be my bet if I was putting money on it, but ahead, this is a guy that definitely probably the most controversial first round pick in Tampa Bay. We've talked about it in great detail over the last couple of weeks where we stand on the Tampa Bay drafting system might be the best trading organization in baseball. Definitely not the best drafting organization. And so they went way off the board here and went with Nick Biscoe who basically had all of his tryouts via zoom in a wind tunnel. Um, And so we'll see whether or not this pans out stuff's there. Velo's there. Frame is there. A little bit of injury history doesn't have a lot of high Velo innings over the last two seasons. Definitely an interesting pick, but. The talent's there, right? It's just whether it can be game-ready and whether or not it's faced enough challenge to be, you know, questionably a first-round pick. So I think with the, with the injury scares, he may sign here. It might have cost Tampa Bay a little more than the 2.83 slot uh, to get him, but I think they know that. I think they know they've, they have a shot to get him or they wouldn't be spending this pick.
0: And I honestly feel like of the six picks they had – um, I'm not even going to bother mentioning them all because we're not going to have to worry about them based on how Tampa develops. And, and that is a shot at Tampa because they acquire the talent, like you said, Ty, but they tend to acquire talent as it has developed or in the one or case of wonder Franco, as the internet has helped to really develop the talent because they've seen some things uh, internationally or at really low levels. Like, Bitsco's the guy to me who came coming back from injury, wasn't able to get into games. So he got himself, I believe, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but I believe he got himself into a scenario where he had uh, either built or, or was able to get a rap soda machine in his proximity. He discussed with teams what he could do, showed them what he could do, as you mentioned via Zoom, and was able to work his way into the first round. I'm calling it a hustle. We've seen it before the odd time in, in uh, pro sports where it's, you know, smoke and mirrors ish. I'm not saying that's what he did. I'm saying that's my impression. My impression I, I, I like the stuff. Pitcher.
1: I like the stuff. It's the durability that I'm concerned with.
0: hundred percent. Right. I and, mean, he, and he's not pitching right now. Right. So he hasn't put up 30 innings this year to show that he's healthy, show he can go out and do what he needs to do. So I don't like this and I don't like how Tampa drafts. And then and you could say the same thing for Boston, but Boston has replaced and replenished their office, their front office. So you want to give them a shot, but Tampa Bay is just in this cycle where if their last name isn't low, then they're an international signee. So draft wise, we need to see what, what they can do. Um, and, and I'm not wanting to hang my hat on any one of these six guys they've drafted.
1: I hear you. Let's move ahead to a guy who we do trust. And that's, Alex Anthopoulos with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he went with lefty Jared Schuster out of Wake Forest. Uh, good, good change up, uh, reasonable fastball, projectable SP3, SP4, right? That's what we got here. What, what I will say and why I trust Anthopoulos is that I trust his radar. And so if this kid moves up the system and he gets jettisoned for uh, a guy like uh, Jose Reyes or, uh, you know, who else did we get in that that, uh, that trade? Burley and the boys, right? I'm trusting that it's time to get off the boat, right? So if you see Schuster leave the system in a trade, you should be trading him, right? Immediately. So Anthopolis did really, really good with the Jays guys that he traded and or kept. You know, you look at the Nicolinos of the world that were part of the Aaron Sanchez, Noah Syndergaard group, and Nicolino was the first one to dive out. Um, He never really panned out too much. So that's, that's what I like here. I trust Anthopolis' ability to, to judge talent. Um, and so for me, I'm at least interested. I'm not saying I'm going to spend a lot of money to go get a Schuster, but for me, this is a guy in a lot of dynasty drafts, because his stuff isn't, like, top end, you're probably going to see him available in the second round of your draft, right, because you're going to see guys go international. You're going to see guys look at high schoolers and all that. So could be a really savvy pick in the second round of a, for a guy that probably plays pro ball. And so, keep an eye here as a safe pick for later. Um, but beyond that, anything that Atlanta did that you liked here up
0: the second round pick, Jesse Franklin, the fifth. Uh, he's a fine outfielder. S- Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder, the their last two picks. They only had four in this draft. It was fine. It wasn't a great draft for Atlanta. They weren't in a position to really strike. Um, you know their talents at the major league level. So you know they're they're looking deep and. We do know that Anthopolis has been able to, through his teams, he's been able to assemble a lot of talent. Uh, they just didn't have the draft. He's also done a lot of his best work after the fifth round, and we didn't have that this year. So,
1: Yeah. Well, and and frankly, a lot of the stuff that we've been on over the last couple of years talking about the Jay system were a lot of those like sandwich compensation type picks that yeah. he did some damage with in Toronto. So that's why I'm putting some focus here because this guy kind of finds himself in that era. Uh, or part of the draft. So jumping ahead here, uh, Oakland on the board, another catcher. So we've had several catchers go here. Um, This is one that a lot of people really liked 6'2, 200 pounds, Tyler Soderstrom out of Turlock high school in California. So again, high school catcher, fancy uh, Uh, time to turn channel.
0: Right. So, you know, don't do it guys. (laughs) Don't just, just leave them, leave them for the guy who drafts two catchers, leave them for the guy who loves what San Francisco does has done with their catching catching situation and let let him draft two or three of these catchers.
1: Yeah, I and I completely agree. And and it's definitely it, again this is where fantasy doesn't always line up. So you have to be able to kind of cross that when it when it meets, right? So um Gulberg is a guy in this in this group that has some interest. There's some real pop in this bat. Yeah. Third um, round pick yeah. Out of Georgia Tech. So you know he's he's at least got a GPA. Uh, that's respectable going to Georgia Tech, right? So um, that's definitely something to note, right? Smart ball player, a little bit of pop. There's some things to pay attention there too, right? In the first video you pull up, he's lighting up the the, the Durham bowl so you got to like that. Um, and and basically, uh, I, I like him. I think this is a sneaky pick to pay attention to. Uh, anybody else in this group you like? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hard note this just in breaking report from rob no um so moving ahead to, to minnesota this is actually one of my favorite picks in the draft um, really just because it's fun Okay. Um, and and really um i think he could be one of the guys we look back in this draft and go how the heck did these 15 guys go ahead of him?" and so okay like, that's that's where – I'm not saying he's the stud. I'm not saying he's the best player here. This is easily the best power bat in the draft, right? Power only,
0: right? Aaron Sabato. Torkelson,
1: yep, yep. Torkelson, obviously, a better, more rounded profile. But Sabato, I don't think anyone's going to argue easily the, the most light tower power of the crew. So, um, lots to like here from from that perspective. Fits everything that Minnesota did last season. And really – college bat could be there right in line with when they lose Nelson Cruz. Right. So um, like to see that develop um, lots and lots of power. So anybody else in the Minnesota draft you want to touch on Rob?
0: No, and not trying to be a smart ass about it. Just save for time. There's nobody else that I really liked. And uh, even their first round pick, uh, what would you call him? Sabato Sabato. Sabato. Okay. Uh, even him, I, I just see swing and miss that scares me. And St. Louis is a team who drafted Luke and Baker in 2018, who was a former pitcher, turned into a hitter, wanted to be a hitter and has not done all the great things that I really needed him to do. I now start to look at power bats in the first round and wonder if that same issue could exist. And uh, Sabato is a guy I could see falling into that category. But again, Minnesota is a team that's locked and loaded at the MLB level. so there's and, and there's lots of holes down low in the minor league system. We could see him move if he is able to really increase his contact.
1: I look for one really simple thing with power bats. And that's if you watched our highlights, are there bombs to dead center in college? And if the answer is yes, they're sitting back. They got good balance. Pay attention to that. That's, that's the pro tip for today when it comes to power bats right there. i um, getting ahead here. Austin Wells catcher to New York. Eh, uh, nothing really but, there,
0: but I did put a note, if you see in, on the other sheet, because I use Google spreadsheets, everybody. I'm very technologically advanced. I also used a soldering gun today to fix my son's power wheel. Do it!
1: Just do it!
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was tooting my own horn. Um, Austin Wells was dressed like a pimp, and everybody that was with him in that draft room, oh my God, those boys looked amazing. Um, he's made for New York, and... New York doesn't have a good positional catcher. They have Gary Sanchez. So who knows what's going to happen? It's a catcher, right? And I hate talking about catchers, but again, the guy looked great. Uh, he did like the NFL thing, you know, he, he dressed for the occasion and I appreciated it.
1: Well, and this is kind of like Corey Lee at the end of the first round last year, right? Like this is a guy that probably might be compared to him. They they say Joe Maurer, um, Corey Lee kind of fits in a similar category, um, but we'll see. Anyway, Jumping ahead. Uh, Bobby Miller went to the Dodgers here, a guy that slid in behind Reed Detmers uh, out of Louisville because he just wasn't getting the attention uh, as the number two guy. So really, really quietly 6'5, five So you got to assume he's going to add a little bit more to that frame before yeah. you see him at the pro level. And if you can say that the Dodgers don't develop pitching um, you're not paying attention, right? So you know, you've got to understand that that he could be very, very good here. So we'll see see what comes of that. Is there anybody else on the Dodgers docket that you liked?
0: Yeah, fourth round pick, Jake Vogel's just a guy to note. Um, further back. So I don't know exactly where he's going to fall when it comes to first year player draft time, but I would say he's somewhere in and around 50 60 range. And then Landon Knack, second round pitcher, not a flamethrower, but somebody who can locate uh, important in baseball. And it should also help him to move up the system a little quicker.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep. And uh, the last pick of the first round was a CBA. So we're not going to touch that one. Um and and that that kind of wraps it up here. So well, we a- could
0: just say Houston because we didn't talk about Houston because they didn't have a pick because they were
1: Good smacking problem.
0: on the trash can. But they had Alex Santos, second round pick, right handed pitcher. Uh, no, thank you, Ty Brown, another pitcher. Not a big fan of this guy. Zach Daniels was a power bat that they drafted, and then Shea Woodcomb, um, another guy, four picks, not great. Houston didn't have a lot to work with, but it it had more to do, I think, with the fact that nobody was in their corner and the lights not being brightly shone upon the Astros these days. So they were the final team to note, although they did not have a pick in the first round.
1: Yeah. And, and Ty Brown is another Vandy guy. So you got to at least, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt that he could be a guy Um, 6'4, 242. So big boy, Yeah, Um, you know, could be a guy um, who, who I'm paying attention to like chance Adams, Right, like
0: oh, very man. similar
1: profile. Um, I'm telling you, everyone's sleeping on him. I'm very good at this. Telling you he's gonna be a reliever guy to pay attention to.
0: We're all asleep on Chance Adams, and Ty is wide awake. Correct.
1: So pay <laughs> attention and and watch uh Dave Moore do his thing. So um Chance Adams, Ty Brown, that's the comparison. So um the, the projections on on Brown over three seasons of Andy got better and better and better. So just pay attention. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but watch. Um, and that kind of ties this up. But Robbie, Robbie stopped me from wrapping it up before. But he can't do it now because we are in the home stretch here. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it's been Tyler and Rob on another episode of Diggers